0: Brief opportunity um, before we eat together, just to talk a bit about baptism and, and, and what it what it signifies for for our faith and and what today is all about. And I wanted to kind of root this in the wider context of faith and how we seek to live as followers of, of Jesus Christ, and um, explore a little bit about what's going on in in these short in this short reading in Acts. Um, a slight issue is what I wanted to start with. It's meant to say a slight issue. I blame what will correct for that. Um, a slight issue. One of the things that um, I really enjoy is music, okay? Now, my favourite band is Bon Jovi. To me... That is The Greatest Band, and The Greatest Song is a song called Dry Counting. If you've never listened to it, you're depriving yourself of one of the greatest musical journeys that you could ever experience, but one, one of their, their better known songs, especially for some of the younger people, because this one came out in the 2000s, was called, a song called It's My Life. Um, now, I'm not liking the blank faces. I should, I should have actually got the video for this. This was one of their songs, it was called It's My Life, and, one of the, and it's all about living our life to the full, and one of the lyrics in it is like, Frankie said, I did it my way. Um, is one of the lyrics in it, be very thankful I didn't try to sing it, because that would have brought great harm to your ears. Um, but that's one of the lyrics in the, the song, and that lyric kind of taps into one of the spirits, one of the spirit of our culture, which is uh, living life our way. Is the ideal, it's, that's when we thrive, that's when we grow, that's when we, we achieve, that's when everything is good. Um, and in our culture, we're taught to, to, to look inside ourselves to decide and work out what is right and what is wrong. But one of the things that I've really been struggling with, especially the past couple of weeks, is some of, of the effects of that. I don't know about yourselves, but I find it intensely concerning and discouraging to see the rainforest burning and on fire. All so that people could get some more farmland and actually underpinned and supported by the government to achieve that to be the case. I don't know about yourself, but when I hear what some politicians and what some papers are saying, I find that stuff deeply concerning, and it bothers me. I don't know about yourselves, but I'm sick to the back teeth of waking up, and yet this morning is yet another example of yet more shootings taking place in lives lost. Granted, not in our country, but in another. Things like this, I think, trouble most of us, at least. They ought to. And it makes, I think, (laughs) us confront the reality that, like Frankie says, I did it my way doesn't necessarily lead to us or others thriving. Sometimes it leads to harm and chaos and greed and selfishness because the ideal is that doing it my way would also be a blessing to somebody else. But sometimes, tragically, the reality is doing it my way is harm and exploitation to somebody or something else. There needs to be another way. A paradigm shift. And that, for me, is what one of the first words that Hannah read out represents, that word repent. Now, that word might be a word that some people are thinking... What on earth does that mean? I've never heard that word before. Repent is a word which recognises that for humanity to thrive and for humanity to be with God, a radical change is required. Essentially, what repent means is that you're walking in life in one direction, not the band, but the, the actual direction, okay? And then turning and walk in in another direction, which is probably a cover band of One Direction, but it's recognising and it's a call to actually change direction because actually the direction that people we were heading in wasn't the one that would make us or others thrive. It's, it's actually it's a call to every person to choose a different way of life, and it's the way essentially. Of Jesus Christ. And this is one of the powerful statements that baptism actually makes. Because one of the things that we declare when we're baptized is that we recognize and realize that the greatest way that we can live isn't my way, but Jesus' way. And Jesus' way is one in which it draws people back together once more. And more importantly draws us back to God as well. So there's this phrase repent but it comes with an instruction which is be baptised. We call this believer's baptism. Believer's baptism is when we come to faith in Jesus Christ. We decide that we're going to make a public demonstration of that and choose to be baptised. Now baptism might seem a bit strange to some after all. What's the point of it? What's, What's it all about? Baptism is a radical act. It's existed for over 2,000 years. It's an act in which a follower of Jesus Christ publicly declares their faith in Jesus Christ and declares that they will follow him, that he is Lord. And for a long, long time, it was an intensely dangerous act. Christianity began in the the height and the power of the Roman Empire when the, the Caesar was the Roman Emperor was Lord. And to declare that Jesus was Lord was um, not a good way to thrive. In fact, it could find you in great trouble. As an act, it continued um, the, the, the faith. Some of our forefathers, who were known as the Anabaptists, they also practiced this act of believers' baptism and it got them into great difficulty as well. But they recognized and they understood The importance of this public profession of faith in Jesus Christ in expressing outwardly something which has happened primarily inwardly. It's a radical call to a radical people who say that we will live a different way to the culture around us. We will live like Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus, I think, is one of the really significant points of this verse because they were told that we will be baptized in. The name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, baptism is no abstract thing. It's not just something that you do because you, got, you, you fancy it or because you really want to go for a paddle in the sea. It's freezing, by the way. It's not because it's an effective way to get clean. Trust me, it won't be. Um, baptism is a, that, that declaration that we are going to live according to the ways of Jesus. That we're, Our life will be modelled on him. We look to him as the standard of how we live. And Jesus is one who put others before himself. He called humanity to a different way. One actually which at its core is about love and forgiveness and mercy because these are the things that God has shown us an abundance. And what's amazing is it isn't like becoming and going back to the Queen here. The Queen's been mentioned a lot this morning. Um, it's not like being part of one of the elements of Her Majesty's service, be it the police or the tax collectors or whatever it might be, where you're working in that person's name, but the, the chances of you ever connecting in any meaningful way with that person are largely zero. That's not how it is. When it comes to this Jesus that I'm speaking about. Because one of the most remarkable things about it is that Jesus actually draws near to us. His promise is that he will be with us. In the name of Jesus doesn't mean some abstract thing in a distance. It's about a person who is with us Always. It isn't abstract, and in the name of Jesus, actually recognizes one of the, the really significant things, and that is that Jesus is Lord. This is one of the core aspects of baptism. We recognize, and we declare that Jesus is Lord, and when we ask um, Logan her vows um, as she's about to be baptized, this, this is one of the questions that we will ask her. Jesus is Lord. In our day and age, there are, there are many powers around us, all competing for our loyalty, essentially. One really obvious example of that would be national flags. That might seem a bit strange, but it's true. National flags invoke a sense of belonging, a sense of loyalty. People will argue and debate and really nail our colours to that mast. And in our culture, it's very much a core issue that we are wrestling with as Scots and as Brits at this moment in time. We have presidents and prime ministers who come and and circulate in shows of great power and fanfare. And part of that is to inspire that kind of loyalty. Strikingly, today, in today's day and age, we have companies that even ask this of us companies do it so for, for instance one of one of the the big questions that that, that has existed for a, for a while is are you an Android fan or an Apple fan yeah and if I was to, to let, 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 let's try it let's 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 have a wee experiment who here who here goes for Apple right <laughs> And who here goes for Android? And you see it right there, right there. It emotes a response because we have a sense of loyalty to that specific brand because we're being taught to have that loyalty and because we also like how we use the product. Um, So so I can say I am entirely neutral in this, well, somewhat, because my phone is a Samsung, which is Android, and my tablet is an iPad. Ever the diplomat, what can I say? <laughs> but but we're, we're t- the, the powers around us are, are seeking to inspire this kind of loyalty from us and it's natural for us to give it. But baptism is, is an act that declares that over and above all that stuff will be Jesus Christ. That he will be that first priority. That he will have our loyalty and one of the most remarkable things i found in my walk as, as a Christian is that it's when we do that most effectively that actually we thrive the most substantially. When I give my loyalty and, and, and that priority to, to other things, generally I end up stressed out because I'm seeking from that thing something I can't actually get. I'm seeking certainty Mostly, or security, or something along those lines, or identity. But in Jesus alone, can we get those things in the fullest possible way so that we can thrive? Only when it's Jesus can we fully thrive. So Jesus is Lord. It recognises that call upon us to give that loyalty to him. But it also declares that Jesus is a king as well. There is a kingdom that Jesus has brought here. A kingdom of justice, of goodness. A kingdom that is here, but will come in its fullness at the end. When we begin that journey of following Jesus Christ, we become part of that kingdom. We become those that that king will use to show His kingdom, its ways, its ethics, its principles, its practices, its priorities. So that we can be the ones that show the love, the light, the power, the compassion, the goodness of God to those around us. Jesus is Lord. But he is also the way as well. He is the example of how to live. And the Gospels are filled with amazing stories about Jesus and how he used his power and how he used his goodness and how he reached down to some of the most lost and hopeless and hurting people and brought hope and transformations to their lives. But Jesus also tells us that he is the way to God as well. One of the things that, that strikes me is as people, we, we're made to be in relationships relationships with each other. So with our spouses, our brothers, our sisters, our parents, our friends, our our work colleagues, our our bosses. Does, Does that one apply? Yeah? But we're made to be in relationships with people. But we're also made to be in relationship with God as well. And one of the devastating things about sin is that it destroys both of those. It pushes us Further apart with people because it brings in hostility and unforgiveness and envy and all this kind of stuff. But it pushes us apart from God because God is holy. He is perfect. And we cannot be in his presence if we have sin in us and around us. So there is a disconnect with him as well. And let me stress, that disconnect isn't the fact that he isn't there. Or that he doesn't love us. Or that he doesn't care. Or that he isn't trying to reach out to us. God is doing all that. And so much more. Because he does love us. He does care for us. He is there for us. But he wants us to know him. As well as he knows us or as much as we possibly can. So that internal thing we're, we're looking for for what gives us meaning for what gives us identity for what gives us purpose and we'll, we'll look at it in lots of different ways and that's why all this tribal stuff is so so appealing and it manifests itself in all sorts of different ways like the wee Apple or Android experiment that we tried a second ago but ultimately the place that we can find that fulfillment that identity that wholeness that completeness is with God because We were designed to be in relationship with him and with each other. And those relationships with others actually thrive when we're in relationship with God as well. In Jesus, a way has been opened up for us to find God. And it's described in these verses, and we'll cover this briefly, because we're given a new life were offered forgiveness. I remember one of the ways I tried to describe sin previously was it was kind of like iron bruise spilt on a white carpet. Now, I don't know about yourselves, but every now and then I go into a house and it's immaculate. And I am terrified. I am afraid because I am not an immaculate person. I am not. And if I have the opportunity to somehow create a stain, the chances are I will. <laughs> but iron brew is one of these things that when it's down, it, that's it. Because it's made from girders. Of course, you're not going to be able to remove it. Um, so what do we do? We, 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 we think, okay, well, certainly when I was a child, if I was in this scenario, my solution would be, right, I'm going to move the rug and hope for the best. Or we move furniture, or we move the sofa. Yeah, If iron brew gets on the ground, you would probably be trying to move your sofa to cover it. Um, because we want to hide that. But the truth is it's still there. The problem remains. Sin isn't some wee thing that we can toy with. It sticks. And we can't remove it. And when the issue with that is, is ultimately it creates, as I say, that, that, that distance with God. And God can't just dismiss it and say, ah, it's all right. Because he's established the moral order. He upholds that moral order. So what God did was sent Jesus. What Jesus would do is take that sin and the consequences of it upon himself so that we can be completely forgiven of it. The Son of God came on a rescue mission to set us free from the power of sin so that we could know God as our Father. Jesus' death on that cross created a way for sin to be removed and erased completely. Now, does anyone know how you get iron brew out of a, cre- a cream carpet? Oh, me. Buy a new carpet. No. <laughs> that. It <Or> a <laughs> challenge to get that out, William. It certainly would. And I, yeah, I'm getting no actual answer for how you would get that out. But one of the answers could be you buy a new carpet. Um, but. What Jesus has done has cleansed completely every sin that was sticking and was was part of us. He took it upon himself and he takes it away. And what's remarkable is, is what is asked for. What God asks for. Now, he doesn't ask for money like some preachers might claim. He doesn't ask for perfection. He doesn't ask that we would live the most perfect, wonderful, holy lives, although his desire is that we would. He asks for faith. He asks that we would believe, that we would trust, that we would accept what Jesus has done on our behalf. That's what he asks for. He asks for faith. And that's what Logan has, tested, has shared that she has responded with. And it's what many in this room have responded with. But we're not then left alone in in this life of faith. You know, being called to live like Jesus Christ isn't easy. And I speak very honestly for myself here. I know often how I should respond in a situation What 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 I would term the Christ-like way to respond would be But I'm not going to stand here just now and say that that's what I always do. We're called to live in a way which puts others before ourselves, which expresses the life and love of God into this world. And, And that can be difficult. But what we're told here is that we're given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God with us, in us, working through us. Creating in us the potential and the possibility and the capability to live like Jesus did. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to be ever perfect at it. But it means that increasingly the possibility is there that we'll be more like Jesus and live more consistently like he did. To do radical things like show love to enemies and to do good to those who do evil to us. To put his kingdom before everything else, to not yearn after greed or power or anything like that. God doesn't stand apart from us saying, Come on, try harder. Come on, you can do it. Get up, try harder. He's with us, his Holy Spirit in us, who guides us, gives us strength, challenges us. Christians don't stand alone, we stand with God by our side. And it's a promise. And I ask this morning, is this this promise for you? As Logan makes this declaration today, many in this room have done the same. Billions have done it throughout history. God isn't finished yet, From If you don't know Jesus, he's looking for you this morning. To transform your life in ways that you couldn't imagine. And he wants to do that because he loves you. He cares for you. And he wants you to know him as he knows you. Baptism declares that Jesus is Lord. And there is no better news for us or for this world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus, for the difference he has made in this world, in our lives, and in what it means to have hope. He is the difference maker, the one who transforms lives and sets people free from oppression, from sin, from even death. And we pray, Father, this morning that something of who Jesus is would strike each of our hearts afresh and excite us on this journey of discipleship. And if there are folks that don't know who who Jesus is and what his significance is to their life this morning, we pray, Father, that that question would just remain on their minds and that they would reflect deeply on whether Jesus should have this kind of significance for them as well. We thank you for your love for each and every person in this room. And we just pray, Father, your continued blessing on each of us. In Jesus' name, Amen.